Welcome to the workshop, Spirituality in Action. My name is Iola. I am a compulsive overeater and a moderator for this session. Hi, Iola. Before we begin, please turn off your cell phones. This workshop is being taped. All opinions expressed by those who share their, are their own and are not necessarily those of OA as a whole. Is there anyone here who would be interested in being our timer? It's a really easy job. <laughs> Come, on, Come up front. Thank you. Twenty minutes each for the speakers. The format for this session is a reading. Two speakers ask it basket questions. A basket with paper and pencil will be circulated for you to write any questions you may have for the speakers. Please specify whom your question is for. The reading is from the big book, page 86. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive, an intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. While it used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and, and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, at, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no request for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. Our first speaker is Lorraine from San Pedro, who will speak for 20 minutes. Hello, everyone. My name is Lorraine. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi. Hi. Oh, it is so good to be here and to be among my family. Uh, let me qualify first um, and then share a little. I never know what I'm going to say because I ask higher power and what you hear is what you get. Um, I came into this program 36 years ago. Um, I, my history is one of relapsing, so I don't have 36 years of abstinence. I have uh, about eight and a half years. And um, I came in at 288 pounds. Uh, I've lost about 100 pounds, have about 30 more pounds to lose. And so just... That's just to qualify that I've been around a few days, but I feel I am a babe still learning 
in this program because it really is one day at a time, and especially on what uh, the subject is uh, about spirituality in action, steps 10, 11, and 12. That's what we're to share on, and I love those steps. I, I, I don't know, you know where it'll go or how much I'll say on each one, but uh, let me just, I don't have to give you my history of the food, foodaholic, because it's like all of you, you know. I mean, I, I came in, um, as I said, 288 pounds and gaining, and uh, I had tried everything else, so this was the last house on the block. And someone told me about OA. I was willing to come. I had no idea what I was to find here. I just thought it was a weight loss program. I came to get the secret how to lose the weight. And then I was going to be out of here. Well, as you can tell, I, I found a lot more than uh, losing the weight. Because I thought it was just a physical pro uh, problem. That's what my doctors had always told me. Lose the weight and you'll be all right. Well, I did lose the weight many times, as I'm sure many of you have, and that didn't solve the problem. It was only when I came into OA that I found out I had a threefold disease, that physical, yes, is one, but emotional and spiritual were the other two components, and uh, that I could not, uh, losing the weight was not going to solve my problem. And, you know, I felt a certain uh, amount of relief when I heard that, because I know what I felt. I felt hope. That's what I felt it from my first OA meeting. And I felt unconditional love from all of you. I walked in, like I said, had no idea what to expect. They were reading from this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, because that's all we had then. And they were reading the 12 steps and the 12 traditions. And uh, I, I, like I said, I didn't understand it. And uh, I wondered what that had to do with losing weight. And um, what, they, what I did here was, you need to get a sponsor. And so that was one of the first things that I did, is I got a sponsor. Um, like I said, this has been, oh, it has been such a journey. Uh, you'll hear a lot of sayings, slogans in OA. One of the ones I heard was, don't leave five minutes before the miracle. And I didn't know what that meant either when I came in, but I have come to find out I've had many miracles in this program. And uh, weight loss has just been one of them. I mean, finding a spiritual program, I believe, has been, has been the uh, biggest thing that I've found. And I knew nothing about spiritual spirituality. I came in, I believe, an agnostic and an atheist. I uh, didn't want religion. I didn't want to hear about your religion. And I certainly didn't want to hear about God. But I did hear the words God when I came in because they are used, as you know, from the big book. And uh, like other speakers that I've heard, I, that almost had me turn and go out the door. But another thing I heard was you can define your own higher power. And it can be the group. It can be the wind. It can be the sun. It can be a tree. Uh, whatever power that you define that is more powerful than yourself. And in the beginning, the group certainly could do what I couldn't do. They were losing weight and keeping weight off. And I said, okay, I can't do that, and you have been doing it. So you became my higher power. And that worked, you know, in the beginning. And since then, I have developed, and I'll share some of that with you, um, I've evolved and am still evolving. I believe I'm a work in progress. And I'm so glad that this program says it's progress, not perfection. 
because if it was perfection, I would have had to leave a long time ago. As I told you, I'm a relapser. So I came in and I lost weight, I gained weight, I maintained weight, I, I went up and down the yo-yo in, in Overeaters Anonymous. The one thing I've done correctly for 36 years and counting is that I've kept coming back. And that is, is the one thing, I, and I'm so grateful that I've done that because I thought there was no hope for me, uh, even when I started working with a sponsor, because I was so self-willed, so controlling, few my character defects. Um, I wanted to do it my way. Well, I see where my way got me. And even in the program and with weight loss, then my head said, oh, well, you can do it, do it on your own now, Lorraine. You, you know, maybe go to a few meetings, uh, uh, call your sponsor once in a while, maybe get some sponsees, whatever. But you can, you can do it on your own. I found out I can't do it on my own. This is a Together We Can program. And uh, that's been my saving grace. I, there was one thing I wanted to read out of uh, the big book, which it has to do with um, step 10. It's on page 85. It says uh, that it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And that, that has been step 10 for me and still is to take, I don't do a daily inventory, but when I need it, I do it. And I, a sponsor ha- gave me a form many years ago, said, okay, Lorraine, when you have to do a, you know, need to do a 10th step, just follow this form. And I've given it to sponsees. I find it. And there are many, many forms and ways, or you can just do it out of the big, big book. But uh, one of the last questions it asks is, what was my part in it, you know? And I never wanted to look at my part. It was always, they did it to me. You know, don't you know that if they would just act right, the husband, uh, the co-worker, my family, that everything would be okay? Well, what I found out in a way is that I do have to look at me. It's about... What is my part? And I always have a role to play in every resentment I have, every anger, rage, whatever is going on. Lorraine needs to look at within, you know. And that that kind of moves me on to step 11, which is one of my favorite steps. It's the spiritual step of prayer and meditation. When I came in this program, I knew nothing about prayer. I did not pray. I did not know about meditation. Maybe I had heard about it, but that was it. And what I've learned to do is that what it says in the big book is prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening You know, and that's going within. So I've learned to pray in this program, and I've learned to meditate. And it's been a saving grace for me. And meditation has been a process. My first sponsor said, Lorraine, can you just get still for one minute? Set the timer. No, I'm one minute. And I said, yes, I can do that for one minute. And that's how my meditation started, just getting still, setting the timer, and uh, breathing. And it has evolved, you know, from one minute to three to five to 20. And uh, I, I meditate on a regular basis. There have been some times when I kind of forget about meditation. Well, higher power reminds me very quickly, Lorraine, why are you so irritated and ill at ease and everybody's bothering you and they're, they're doing it to you? Oh, did you meditate today? No, I didn't. 
Okay, so I, for me personally, I need to meditate, you know, and uh, I love that at these conventions and, and retreats we have meditation, if you're willing to get up at 7 a.m., which I was this morning, and uh, with a group meditation, there's something about a group meditation, the group that has so much more power than just one, and uh, I will be uh, at meditation tomorrow morning, the, the guided meditation. It's just, it's, uh, it gives me serenity and peace. It centers me and it puts me back where I believe it talks in the big book where we need to be about going within to find the answers. That all of my answers, and I had a sponsor that told me that, Lorraine, you're looking out here, you're doing this and this, and all you have to do is get quiet and go within and the answers will be revealed. Now, in this program, my answers have come in very, in a lot of different ways. Sometimes through meditation, sometimes through, a lot of times through listening to all of you at a meeting or a convention or whatever. Um, and sometimes passing a billboard. And, yeah. And it says, you know, there's a billboard that says, just do it. Oh, I love it. That one's for me. You know, and, and, and it, so it could be a billboard, it could be a movie, a line in a movie, something that said, um, I could be listening to the radio and just happen to turn on a program that's just talking to me. And that's happened many times. Uh, so my answers come, but they, I, I don't have where my higher power, uh, is, uh, sitting next to me and I see him or her or it. Uh, it, it's, it's just that I know there's this power. Now, for me, I call that power the Great Spirit. That comes from the from the Indian belief of the Great Spirit because it fit for me. It just resonated uh, when I first heard it, and it's always felt like that's that that that's right for me. So I I pray to the Great Spirit, and I I write in my da- daily journal, starting off, you know, dear Great Spirit. Like I said, you find yours because. Whatever works for you, that's what you have to do. But my main thing about um, step 11 would be just do it. <laughs> just just be willing to meditate. So I know it's, for a lot of people, a scary thing. And there were many, I think, this morning that came maybe first time. Um, and it's like, what is this mysterious thing, meditation? And I thought only gurus and Buddhas and uh, very highly you know, educated spiritual people do meditation. And I've found <laughs> that's for everybody, you know, and you can do it anywhere. Uh, so I take my meditation with me when I go on vacation, in the car, wherever. I know that I can get quiet and meditate. And when I'm irritated or, or something's bothering me, it's like, okay, Lorraine, just get still for a minute and let's see what's, you know, what's going on. I want to I share a few of... The miracle, what I call the miracles uh, of this program, because to me that's that's a lot of of the spiritual program. I mean, what I've gotten out of it. I believe the spirituality, and I believe it says this in the big book. I can never quote pages or anything, and I don't quote, you know, per se. I, so this is just my my interpretation. But that this is a spiritual, not a religious program, so to that effect in the big book. And and I love I love that this is a spiritual program, you know, and that uh, like the sponsor of mine said, it's for fun and it's for free. 
that you put your dollar, two dollars in the basket if you have it. If you don't, you're welcome to take a seat. And um, that that was very comforting to me because I had given my thousands of dollars to all the different and various doctors and hypnotists and so forth, you know. And uh, where it got me was into this program. So thank God for that, you know. And I appreciate the doctors that do send people to OA because there are doctors now that know about this program and do suggest that their patients go. That That's different from the day when I came in OA. There were, none of my doctors knew about OA and none of them suggested that I or others go. So that that is beautiful. There were a couple of things that happened to me. I uh, was living in the desert maybe 1981, 82, um, actually uh, going through an eating disorders uh, house for women with eating disorders. And um, I found out that I, um, I had precancer of the uterus and that uh, I would need a total hysterectomy. And I was going crazy, wondering, do I do it? Don't I do it? When do I do it? Do I really have this? Is the doctor, does he really know what he's talking about? I'm driving my sponsor crazy. I'm driving everyone in the house crazy. And I'm driving myself crazy. And my sponsor said, Lorraine, the most spiritual thing you can do is what's right in front of you to do. And what was right in front of me to do at that time was to proceed by going, you know, to the doctor and, and having this, this done, going into the hospital and so forth. And what I got to do, because I was very afraid and a lot of fear, was to say, for me, this is what worked. I said the serenity prayer, and I just said it over and over. And that is what calmed me, brought me back to center to know that I'm not the higher power, you know, and it's not my will. It's his will. And uh, I was able to go through the whole procedure. Everything's successful, quick recovery, I believe, because of my attitude. And I have learned in this program to have a positive attitude because negativity begets neg negativity. And I can't be around negative people. And I do not, I do not hold it myself. Because uh, that in itself, I believe, is an illness, you know. It, and I, I just have to be uh, around, and many, most of the people and the people I know, in a way, are positive. Because this program teaches us that. And uh, so that, that's, I, I try to live by that. And I think about my growth over the years, and I don't have time, thank you. I don't have time to share it all, but and I want to get into step 12. Uh, but... Uh, some of my, a lot of my progress has been with Step 12, which is, and let, let me just read one, there's so much on spirituality in our For Today book, and I've had this from the beginning, you can kind of see my worn book, but on page 17, it says, we should take care not to make the intellect our God. My mind can easily get in my way. It tries to be logical. It figures out problems and thinks it has answers. Then my life becomes chaotic. It is only when I let go and let God that I feel serenity. It is only when I give up that I see the answers God puts before me. It is only when I stop trying to control that my life goes smoothly. Acceptance 
is fundamental to spiritual growth. And it talks about acceptance an awful lot in this book, uh, Under Spirituality, and in, in the big book. Um, and, it, and all this is so true. When I let go, when I give up, that's when higher power steps two and three. You know, when my higher power can come in and work with me, you know, work with me. Otherwise, it's, it's me running the show again. And um, this, this I, I was talking about what are some of the things of, uh, that have happened to me with my spiritual growth. I used to have no boundaries. I knew none. I set none with the people in my life. Through this program and another program, um, which I'm sure many of you know or are part of, Al-Anon, uh, I have learned uh, about relationships and am learning about relationships and about setting boundaries. And I was able to do a couple of very difficult things um, because of my, I, I think, practicing in particular steps 10, 11, and 12. I was able to let go of a 25-year-old friendship, a best friend that uh, she was like my sister, uh, because it had become toxic and it was not uh, good for me. That was very, very difficult, but I was only able to do it because of this program and because of being able to set boundaries, you know, taking care of me, putting me first. I never knew that before a program. I did not put me first. I did not take care of me. It was always looking out to you or my ex-husband who was the alcoholic, how could I fix him? You know, if only he would stop drinking. Well, I didn't have to look at me, you know, and I've learned that in program. I didn't know that before program. So that was one big thing I walked through. Another was my ex-fiance, and this is more recent, that I was able to let go of that relationship because, again, it was not uh, healthy for me. And uh, that... He happened to have the disease of alcoholism and was not willing to um, work on that. He, you know, didn't have a desire to get into a program uh, where he could get help. So I took care of Lorraine and walked through the pain and uh, a lot of tears. I've never shed so many tears as since I've come into Old Readers Anonymous, but what I've learned is the, t the tears are healing and the laughter is healing. And I've had a lot of both of that in this program. And I thank, you know, I thank our, the, the forefathers, um, Bob and Bill, who, um, who gave us, you know, gave us this program, gave us the 12 steps and the 12 traditions. Because this is what I live by now. I mean, the, the big book and our OA literature, that's, and I have sponsees, and my, when my first sponsor said, you will sponsor and you will share what you've been so freely given, and I have the people I sponsor, uh, that's what I have them do, is also sponsor, because it can't be done, I don't believe, without giving back. I, I, at least I don't understand. Uh, I have to give back in this program. One of the ways I do it is by sponsoring and going through the steps. With, that's all I do is go through the steps. Then I get the benefit of it. And hopefully the person I'm sponsoring gets the benefit of it. But believe me, I get more from sponsoring than I believe my sponsees get from me. Uh, but um, I... I could not work this program without being a sponsor. And uh, yes, it is about giving time and giving your energy, but what, what do I have more precious to give than my time? 
And I think of all the people that gave me their time and listened to inventory after inventory and my beginning ones were, you know, and I still do inventories, but they're not quite so crazy. Um, but what I get to continually work on and see and relate to 10, 11, and 12 goes back to seeing my character defects, them being revealed to me because I believe my higher power puts people in my life who have something to share with me at that particular time. Lessons to be learned. Ah, it looks like my time is up. Okay, well, I was just getting started, but I, <laughs> I really, this is an honor to be here and to share with you, and I thank you all for listening. Thank you. started again, and um, this is so people can, um, if you think of any questions you'd like to ask our speakers, and then we're going to have our second speaker, Evelyn, come up and get started. Good afternoon. My name is Evelyn. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Evelyn. And I'm tired, and I'm grouchy, and I'm discontented. <laughs> and I'm going, we're going to talk about what? We're going to talk about what? I have, uh, I'm supposed to get the numbers out of the way. I have uh, been coming into these rooms uh, a little under 24 years. I have 22 years of abstinence. I've been maintaining a weight loss of over 100 pounds for most of that time. Thank you. I did lose my weight in OA. I was a, a just under 14 pound baby. I was obese all my life. When I was 11 years old, I was 100 pounds overweight. I and I, tr I tried to diet once and it didn't work, so obviously that wasn't for me, you know. And I have to tell you, for some people like me, uh, for there's a few people out there who, I came into this program when I was 42 years old, okay. And if you've been obese for 42 years, you know, at one point, that is like not a priority with you. It's a lot that God gave you, you know, and you work for something else. So I'm, I'm, I am not one of those women who came in to lose 100 pounds. That was the least of my problems. You know, I wanted some free therapy. And I wanted to be happy. And I was told in this program in the first couple of weeks I'd never make it. And so I got well out of spite. Pure spite. And I have to tell you that, that I'm so grateful for this program. And 10, 11, and 12. Um, daily inventory. In the first place, you gotta, you gotta do your inventory, okay? Because you can't do an alien inventory until you finish your big one. You know, and that should only take you just a couple of couples. Don't make it a big deal. But daily inventory, I, I was raised in this program that I should live my life so I don't have to say, I'm sorry. You know, and if, and if it says to, you know, when you, when you realize that you've made a mistake in, in step 10, it says to make a prompt uh, apology. So I learned right away, you know, to go right out the door and down the hall and tell the secretary I really didn't think she was that stupid. You know, I, I'm also, you know, I, and I'm so very sorry. And her looking at me, you know, and thinking, oh, she's gone crazy again. So I, I don't do, I, I pretty much do a prompt. Once I realize that I've, I've caused a problem or I've made a mistake, I, I take care of it right then. I, I was trained that way in the program. But I do, on occasion, do a daily inventory, and I try to do mine in the morning. Because one of the things that I didn't want to do anymore, one of the things I wanted to get well in, is I didn't want to lay in bed every night talking to myself. With 72 people in the bed, 
you know, going, and when she says this, then you should do that, and that, 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 and when she, then when she says this, then tomorrow you tell her this, that, 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 and then the whole tape play again and again. So I, I, when I, they first hit me with that, I said, I'm, I'm not doing that. I, I cannot lay in bed because that's a habit that was not good for me. It was bad for me. So my sponsor said, then you do it in the morning. I go, oh, okay. But then, I, I, I came from a tough love sponsor. It was a man. And he said, after like three or four weeks, he goes, this obviously isn't working. He says, when you make a mistake, go and apologize for it now. And I didn't know that I could say, no, I'm not doing that. I just did it. I Did I do it well? No. Did But more and more, as I, as I tried to live in a way of practicing these principles in all my affairs, to, to, to be a practical, easy-to-get-along-with person, I learned that I didn't have to make my amends as often, and, and I practiced it. And that's what I was trained to do in this program. Like Lorraine was talking to you about meditation. You know, she started with just a little bit, and, and I practiced it till I got better. And, and that worked for me. But I do believe, and then every once in a while I have to, you know, kind of think about things. Because sometimes I'm, I'm tearing off down the road for six days and don't realize that I have created a problem. You know, and, and I have to sit down and think about it and figure out what's my part in it. What do I have to make amends for? Or, and sometimes on occasion, very rare, I have to tell you, but it, it, I have no amends to make. You know, it is what it is and move on. When it comes to... to Step 11, and, and I, I have an adversarial relationship with God, okay? I have trust issues, okay? I have trust issues. I have trust issues with God. I have trust issues with my husband, whoever he may be at the time. I have trust issues with my children, with my employer, you know? And so what I learned to do in this program and what I was trained to do in this program when they, they talked about prayer, then they talked about meditation, I said, no. And, and I have to tell you, I believe in God. I believe in a higher power. And I'm like Tevia in Fiddler on the Roof. I'm talking to God all the time because I, he needs my advice. And I'm walking down the street and I'm going, can you believe this is happening? I want you to take care of this. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And yada, 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 yada. I, I, I have always talked to God like that. I have always cursed at God. I've always spoken out loud. I've done the Scarlett O'Hara thing and shook my fist, you know, and say, hell with you. I'll, you know, do it myself. And um, the deal that I made was to pray whether I believed or not. I believed there was a God. I believed there's a higher power. I believed there's something greater than myself. But what I don't believe is that they believe in me. Okay? So I made an agreement with my sponsor that I would pray whether I believed it or not. And I did for many years. And I prayed the serenity prayer. And I made a deal that I had to say it once a day. I mean, I negotiate everything. Absolutely everything. And, and I did it, and I, it was like, you know, I had what, they, what they, they refer to as the checklist program. Did I plan my three meals a day today? Yes. Did I eat them? Yes. Did I pray today? Yes. You know, one, one prayer, that's praying. Done, done that. Called my sponsor. Yes, did I get her, 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 uh, her machine? Oh, yes. Was it lucky day? <laughs> did I make my three calls? Yes, two of them. I got a machine. Lucky day. You know, I mean, I have, I have, well, years ago they used to call that the checklist thing. When you didn't know what to do, whether you believe in this program or not, we did it. 
you know. And, I, and, and I'm so grateful that I didn't fight that, you know. But I, I knew definitely what I wanted from this program. I did not care if I lost 100 pounds or not. I was never a pretty woman. I wasn't going to look any prettier when I lost 100 pounds, trust me. You know, so I, and, but what I wanted, I wanted to be happy. I wanted a smile on my face. I was the kind of person people say, yeah, I never see you smiling. Yeah. I wanted to be able to sleep through the night without being woke up in the middle of the night. I had a sleep disorder. And then 72 people crawl in bed with me and say, you know, you ought to do this, you ought to do that, and tomorrow I'll do this. And as long as we're up, why don't we paint the house? You know. And I have gotten up at 2 o'clock in the morning and painted the house. You know. I wanted, I wanted to be free of the fear of economic insecurity. You know. I wanted to feel comfortable with people. I am uncomfortable with people. You know, you stand too close, you talk too loud, and no, I really don't care. You know, I mean, that's pretty much my basic, that's the basic Evelyn 101, you know. But from that, I wanted the promises to come true. So I did this program, whether I believed it or not. And a lot of it had to do with 10, 11, but not so much 12. And what I found out, for me, you know, what, what does spiritual mean? You know, and do you really want one? Want a spiritual way of life? You know, I'm going, you know, can I sell it on eBay? You know, what does it look like? And, and nobody can really explain that to you. But what I have found out is, and I'm so glad for the theme, to me, it is sunshine in my spirit. I feel lighter in my step. I feel lighter in, in, in my heart. My bad days are not so bad and my good days are terrific. You know, I'm, I don't wake up every morning and worry uh, about the future. I look forward even to the problems that I know I'm going to have. I'm not aging gracefully, you know. And I, and, and, but I look forward to those problems with, with anticipation because I, I, I want to go, I wonder what's going to happen next. I wonder what's going to happen next. You know, I, I, I've had a stroke. I woke up, you know, I found out that I, I, I had to be abstinent. I'm going, my daughter told me I don't eat candy. I'm going, are you kidding me? You know, because I forgot, you know, and I'm going, what? I do what? How can you, you know, because the doctor says, what do you want to eat? I said, I want a Coke and two candy bars. And my daughter says, you don't need candy. I'm going, are you kidding me? And, you know, so she had to walk people in the room saying, no, you don't need candy. I go, really? Why? <laughs> Fifteen years of program, why? You know, but anyway, what I learned if I did the program, what I, whether I wanted to or not, I did meditate. You know what I was trained to do? I was told to go to, med- to meetings where they had the five minutes of meditation at the, you know, the end of the meeting. You know, and, they, and there are meetings that meditate or they, they do one minute or whatever. I started to do that. And then, finally, I'm seven, ten, eight years in program, and somebody said, you know what, when I walk, I consider that my meditation because I no longer go crazy in my head and I think about my of solutions and solutions come into my head and I'm going, that happens with me. And so I am, I am the walking meditator, you know. And I'm, I was okay with that because I, I can't sit still. I can't sit still. And I'm twitching and I'm, uh, you know, I, my idea of a fun time is watching two TVs and reading a book and knitting, you know. And it, then if I need to make a phone call, I'm good, you know. I mean, it, it, you know, I, 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 I'm uncomfortable with that. And, and, I, and, and to sit still, I, I, by the time I quiet myself down, and, and, and I have trust issues with meditation. You know, I want to know where they we're going. You know, when, when they say, we're going to have a guided meditation for 30 minutes. Well, I want to know if we're going to the beach or to the woods. 
I have problems going either way. I have problems going either way, you know. And, and, and so I need to know those things. But carrying the message, practicing, the easiest thing for me to do once I figured out that the steps and the traditions were good for me because I had no, like, um, design for living. That's what they call a design for living, is I didn't have a method to figure out what my problem was, figure out what I could do and who, what kind of help I needed. And once I figured out what the steps, and to me the serenity prayer is like the shortcut to all of that. That's the 12 steps right there in three sentences, you know. And once I figured out that, it was easy for me to live, to follow these principles in all my affairs. And to carry the message to the man who's still sick. You know? I happen to be a public carrier. You know, I'm, I'm the literature lady. You know? People say, God, you've been at this table for eight hours. And, oh, I bitch about it all the time. You know? But when I'm here, I get to talk to every single person who almost... I, I will have spoken to four or five hundred people by the time the end of the day. You know? And, and, I, and, and sometimes they'll ask me a question and I have, I have help for them. And sometimes I'll be standing and I'll go, yeah, you know what, I've never figured out that out. And somebody will be standing and say, I figured that out, and this is what, you know. It's been great. It is great. I was also trained in the tradition that if somebody asks me to do something, whether I want to or not, I have to do it. I have to drive 150 miles to speak for 10 minutes. It doesn't matter. You know, and, and every of those, all those opportunities are a golden opportunity. And I want to make sure... That if something happens to me, whether I have a stroke or whatever, I want this room to be full so that, that you guys are here. So if I help you, you'll help me. And, and we, all, we all go in and out. Some of us go in and out physically and some of us go in and out in our minds. I've gone through a whole period where I, 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 just, I, I can't go to meetings anymore. I, I'm, I'm done. Whole year. You know, I went to a couple of meetings, you know. But, and then I, somebody came to me and said, the hell are you doing? And I said, you know, and I went through everything, and they said, well, you know, you're still not going to meetings. And I went, oh, okay. And, and somebody said, you really should do that. And you know what? This person, we've never gotten along. Fifteen years, we have never gotten along. We circle the room. If she sits over there, then I make sure I'm sitting over here and I'm leaving before her. Or because I don't want to be in front of her car when she parks out. You know, I mean, I just, well, you know how there's, there's people in these rooms. I mean, it's just like people. You know, we just circle the room. She came up to me and called, you know, and, and she called me on the phone. Oh, my God. I, I'm thinking to myself, where did she get my number from? And she had hunted me down. You know, and, and I'm so grateful for that. She carried the message to me because, it, and then she's telling me this whole story of 15 years ago. I said something to her that changed her life. And I'm thinking, I have disliked you for 15 years. <laughs> and I mean, and that's the way this program is. We're in this together. So the, the essence, I think, of 10, 11, and 12, whether you believe it or not, practice it till you start to believe. Ten years ago, my husband was diagnosed with a, with a, a very long-term illness. And I was so freaking angry. I was so angry. And I, and, and, and I had nowhere to go with it. 
And I walked into the bathroom because I could be by myself because I didn't know what I was going to do. And, and, and I was combing my hair and I was combing my hair. And I'm looking in the mirror and I'm thinking to myself, shit, 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 shit. This is going to be terrible. It's going to take 20 years. My life is going to be shit. And I just combing my hair and I'm looking at myself and I'm looking at myself. And all of a sudden I said, boy, God, do we have a problem here. And I was so excited that after 10 years I had finally said we. I had not said, you have a problem, or I have a problem, you fix it, you have a problem, and I don't care what it is, God, it's, you know, it's up to you. But, and, and I was so excited that in the midst of one of the worst days of my life, I could not wait to go to the phone, and, and I couldn't wait to get out of that bathroom, because I felt better, and I called somebody on the phone and told them, and they go, you're kidding me. I, then my girlfriend said, you must have misheard yourself. <laughs> And, you know, so did that feeling last? No. But I had it for a bit, and I've had it more often. And I'm not alone. I have you. You are my higher power. When I'm on my hands and knees, you pull me up. When you're on your hands and knees, I'm reaching down. We're in this together. And that's what 10, 11, and 12 are about. Getting yourself right, reaching out to a higher power, whoever or whatever it is. There used, there's a very prominent person that's here today that you that is in charge of all of us. So I'm not going to break her anonymity, but she's in charge of all of us this weekend. And her first higher power was an orange. Okay? So, I mean, figure, figure out, get somebody who works for you. Get a higher power that's on your side, that has your best interests at heart. That's what I was trained in this program. Reach out to that higher power. Try to listen. And I'm one of these that's, that stand there on the, on the front lawn. I'm, my neighbors think I'm nuts. And I'm like this, you know, talking to the universe, going, okay, God, I have this problem. I've been working on it now for six weeks. I prayed. I'm waiting. You know, put the sign up in the front room. You know, put a neon sign that says, do this, Evelyn. I do not hear anything other than that. And you know what? Within a couple of days, somebody walks across the crowded room and says something to me, and they'll say, Evelyn, you really ought to do this. And I don't know why I'm telling you that. And I go, I don't either. And, but it's what I needed to hear. Somebody, and that's happened to me often in this program. I'm so grateful for that. And on the same instance, you've got to practice these principles in all of your affairs. You know, it, it helps. It helps to figure out. If I have a problem with my family, I have a problem at work. I have a problem getting the paper out of the stupid box with those plastic little things from when it comes from the photocopier. Try to open those things, you know. I mean, I have problems, and I have resources. I have the steps to help me work through it, the traditions. I have you. And if I carry the message to you, hopefully you'll carry the message to me, because the day's going to come I'm going to need you. The day's going to come. It's come and gone. And it'll come again. And I'm so grateful to be here, and I'm so grateful to see each and every one of you. Thank you very much. spread the message in a tactful manner, especially those close to me. How can I help us spread the message in a tactful manner, especially to those close to me? 
Okay, I'll start, and hopefully Evelyn will share too. I'm a ring compulsive reader. Um, my experience has been the number one best way for me has been when somebody asks me, they see the changes in me. You wait. Uh, for the most obvious, of course, there's been a lot more, and my family sees that. That's the spiritual and emotional side. Um, but when they come up, and whoever it is, a coworker or a family member, and ask, gee, Lorraine, you look great. What, what are you doing? What's going on? What diet are you on? And then it opens up for me to talk about Overeaters Anonymous and what, what that is and what it's done for me and what the uh, what the uh, steps are and I, I mean not you don't not a you know you're not telling them thousands of things at once but you're introducing or for me to be able to introduce the 12 steps and that I belong to and practice a 12 step program just like alcoholics anonymous or gamblers anonymous narcotics anonymous whatever we have 12 steps and 12 traditions and we have eight tools and that's what has helped me and and put me where I am today, a different person than I was 36 years ago when I walked in. So that that's uh, that that would be the number one thing that comes to my mind. I'm sure Ellen might have some more things. When it comes to those people who are very close to you, the best thing you can do is practice your program and take care of yourself. And I have a daughter. She's 38 years old. She is a big proponent of OA. And if you're standing in the grocery line with her, you know how ladies chattering or something, and she'll say, they'll say, oh, there's nothing out there. And my daughter will turn to them, and she will say, you need to think about Overeaters Anonymous. Have you ever heard of that? My mom, you should see the change in her. She's lost 100 pounds, and she, she used to be, I was not a good mother, and my daughter is very clear on that. You, she has changed. She has done this. She has done that. Call my mom. My daughter carries literature with her and hands it out. Okay? All right? Now, my daughter is 38 years old. She has been 100 pounds overweight since she was 11 years old. She had her first heart attack when she was 30. She is a big proponent of OA, but she does not believe that OA will ever work for her, and she is not interested in it. And what I have learned as the years have gone by is... I practice my program, and on occasion she asks me a question, I answer it, and I keep my mouth shut. Because it, it, she, she has come to meetings, she's come and given me a candle and stuff, you know, she knows all my friends and everything. She has not doing it, and she's probably going to die before me. And it's painful. It's painful. And so you just kind of hold yourself and, and try to, to be a burning candle. And you answer the questions, and then you've got to let it go. You've got to. You're not going to let it go. You're going to learn to let it go. But it can be very painful. And sometimes the answer is the answer, and then you keep your mouth shut. Because the relationship is more important than in almost anything else. And particularly in this day and age of education, a lot of people have access to things, and, so, and some people... They just can't. How come I didn't come in until I was 42? You know, I, I was at a meeting the other day. A woman walked in. She's 81 years old. She wanted to know if it was too late for her. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it is. It's painful, and you give them up to God. 
You give them up to God and you practice and become the very best person you can be. Best friend, best mother, best daughter, whatever. And, and hopefully, hopefully, they'll come on down. How do you know what God's, what God's will is? For example, I've been in a long-term relationship and we have been working at it, but it's hard to check our horoscopes and we're terrible for each other. But then I've checked our numerology and we're perfect for each other. <laughs> How do I know what God wants? Okay. <laughs> ring, both of Okay, um, yeah, uh, how do we know what God's will is for us? Well, what I can just share my experience. And, and I think it says it pretty clearly in the big book, and it talks about it in uh, step 10 there, about that we, we get quiet, and this also goes into step 11. Get quiet, sit down, and, and, and listen and ask for God's will for us. And then listen for what what answer or answers will come and it's like you know when it talks about starting out our day we start with with prayer and with getting quiet and asking what is God's will for us and um, I, I think that it for me uh, it, it is I, I find in meditation that um, I hear what I need to hear I mean I may ask a specific question in meditation to my higher power and be open for what what comes, whatever comes, and I believe that's from my higher power. Um, it's just, I, I have learned I am not the higher power. And so um, I, I need to be open and listen to what what my higher power has, has to say. And I know there was something else I was going to say on that, but uh, I have seen your moments, so it's gone from me now. So maybe... Yeah. Did you want to say something? No. No. Okay, well, we'll go to the next question. What is a spiritual awakening? For me, for me, no, my name is Evelyn. Um, for me, the spiritual awakening was, was, I noticed, I started, with, somebody gave this to me uh, in my first year, because after my, my first year that I had to, like, upgrade my program at the time that was like a big deal so I had to go like one more prayer you know and I'm going I don't want to say two prayers and so somebody said to me okay why don't you just make it real simple and just say reveal yourself to me as you really are okay so I'm, I'm a year in program and, and I'm saying you know my serenity prayer and I would finish it off reveal yourself to me as you really are now what did I expect I don't know what I expected and I wasn't sure what it meant okay but I started to notice that that the sky was a little bluer and people seemed to talk to me. And a dog would come up, and I, sometimes it was a dog, sometimes I noticed the flowers. It was funny, because I'm on a walk that I've walked all the time. All of a sudden, I started to notice the flowers. And I felt uh, a lightness inside myself. And I felt a more peaceful time. And for me, that has turned out to be my spiritual awakening. And I still ask God, or my higher power, to reveal himself to me today as he really is. And boy, do I have two stories about that today that are too long for the tape. But <laughs> I, I, was, I was, you know, two times today, something has happened that was so unexpected that I was so grateful that I was here. I was so grateful that I was here. I was so grateful I was standing in the space, and I can't wait to come and do it again. 
you know. And those kinds of things have been a spiritual awakening for me. The spiritual awakening to have a good enough day that when I wake up in the morning, I go, see, I had a good day yesterday, and I'm going to do the things I did yesterday. I planned my food, you know, I ate three planned meals a day, I called my sponsor, I made my three calls, I did, you know, a little writing, I prayed my one prayer. I had a good day yesterday, I'm going to do it again today. And that turned out to be my spiritual awakening. And, and that sunlight of the spirit. My girlfriend talks about she always, she always, when she knew she was feeling better, she opened the drapes in her house. And she started to open the drapes every day. And that to me was her spiritual awakening. You know, sometimes for some of us who are real practical, that's what it really is. Or something like that. And those moments are really special. But that's what it turned out to be for me. Just real quickly, um, I want to uh, refer to the big book and page, uh, well, in the third edition, it's page 569, and it's called Spiritual Experience. And I think that it really describes, and what Evelyn was talking about, it talks about the spiritual experience and spiritual awakening. And over on the next page, 570, it says, uh, there is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Well, to me, that kind of sums up, I mean, to have an open mind, you know, just just open-mindedness and a willingness to work this program. And I, I believe the spiritual experience for each of us you know, we'll, we'll, or spiritual awakening uh, would be defined maybe differently, and um, and I think the big book gives one of the best definitions. So thank you. How do you deal with people at meetings who drive you crazy? <laughs> um, what steps slash tools do you use? <laughs> Lorraine compulsive overeater. Okay, uh, what? Uh, let me see that again. Okay, um, how do you deal with people at meetings who drive you crazy? Uh, what steps slash tools do you use? Well, usually people that drive me crazy, which uh, definitely there are, and I know there, I drive people certain people crazy. I avoid them. <laughs> Um, just to be honest with you, I mean, there are people I like much more than others. Uh, I love everyone, but that I like much more than others in the program. And ones that drive me crazy, I tend to, um, you know, we don't have a lot of conversation or go to coffee, <laughs> go to lunch after meetings. Um, although, I must say, and one of my experiences was with, when I was in the recovery house for people with uh, eating disorders, there was a woman and I, we clashed all the time, clashed, clashed, all the house meetings where we took up the whole meeting time. And, uh, and, and so I, I was so upset and I just couldn't understand why this woman was the way she was. And my sponsor had me write about it. And what came out was that the things I disliked in her the most were my character defects. She was controlling me. She, she always right. Uh, had to go, things had to go her way. All those 
were the character defects in me. I didn't like looking at that, but it gave me a whole new perspective. We ended up being best of friends. Yeah, being best of friends and being able to make amends uh, to each other. And uh, it, it was one of the most eye-opening experiences I ever had. And from then on, I have been able to see that the people that disturb me the most, or I look at, I say, oh, God don't want to be around that person. It's because the character defect I'm seeing in him or her is the character defect that's most glaring in me. That's what I've found to be true. So if you, yeah, I get, and the tools, I try to use all the tools. I, uh, uh, the ones of writing and uh, meetings and um, I wrote down literature, those are ones I use a lot more than a telephone. I'm still not real great at picking up that phone. But uh, those are the ones I think I use the most. Thank you. When I, uh, that was pointed out to me too, is usually that person who upsets you is usually you're looking at yourself, you know, and, and it, it bothers you. And, and I have learned over the years, somebody, my sponsor was the one, I have a, a man sponsor that was, really something and he you know he said to you well so and so annoys you because you are exa- you know if you just if you were four inches taller you'd be her you know and I go excuse me you know and and we had to write and point out you know point, and figure out why is she annoying me and I go and all of the things that she did are the things that I that I do you know all the things that I do, and what I was trained to do was to a, a little prayer, these little tiny. I can only do one sentence prayer, and it was it was heal heal this person so that they may heal me. You know, and I was trained to go over and sit to avoid that person if they were toxic, because sometimes people annoy you because you just don't have the skill or the tools or anything to deal with them, because some of us are sicker than others. But usually when I was trained, as the years go by, when somebody starts to annoy me, then I go over and sit down next to them and make them my best friend so I can figure out what they, what I need to work on. You know, and I pray for them, heal them so that they can heal me, because I know what's coming out of their mouth is going to heal me. And that has worked for me a lot. And, and we've, uh, people who I've circled the room with at meetings for years, we've become very, very close friends. Very close friends. You know, and, and on our worst day, we were there for each other, back to back. You know, and, and that counts for a lot. It is now time to close this workshop. Um, Please join me in a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. 